We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit is a very important part of what we're here to do and why we're here. And and, uh, the Holy Spirit is our friend, our helper, our adversary, our, our comforter, our advocate, our strengthener. Not adversary, excuse me, I don't mean that. He's our, he's our help, amen? The Holy Spirit is our help in time of need. And you know I talk about that a lot, but you know it's, it's, it's important that the church realize that the Holy Spirit has come to help us. The church has left off the Holy Spirit. They've accepted Jesus and they preach Jesus, but they haven't given the church the power to walk it out. Amen? I haven't given the church the power. And so I I was been just been pouring over the book of Acts and especially the first part, understanding the book of Acts, putting the work of the Holy Spirit to in to work in my life, what the Holy Spirit has come to do. And so what did he come to do? What did the Holy Spirit come to do? What did the Holy Spirit come to do? Glorify Jesus. Would you empower us? Glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit came to help us. Amen. He's our comforter. Yeah. He'll lead us into all truth. Lead us and guide us into all truth. He shows us things to come. He's there to help you with just a few things through your day. No, he's there to help you with everything, everything. It doesn't matter how simple or how complex it is. He's helped you to, he's there to help you sort it all out. Amen. And so, um, I'm just going to ask you this question. You don't have to say this out loud, but how many of you know the person of the Holy Spirit and trust him to do what he's come to do? How many of you know that? Uh, you don't need to raise your hands. <laughs> yeah, that's something that the church needs to know. She needs to know the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we can know God our Father, and we can know Jesus as Lord, but do you know the person of the Holy Spirit? Do you know the person of the Holy Spirit? Amen? Okay, in, in, in looking at Acts, that's where we're going to primarily began today. Last week I talked about how we got, and we will a little bit of that, but the book of Acts, if you if you look at all of the, the book of Acts in, in its entirety, it's about um, the, the apostles and their witness and their what they went through and how they relied upon the Holy Spirit. And that same thing is what we can do too and what we can have. Amen? And so um, in each chapter of Acts, we got to know... We, we should be able to get to know the Holy Spirit better. Amen? And God intended us for it to have the Holy Spirit to take the place of Jesus. So I talked about this last week. We, Jesus can't be with each one of you. Now, we accepted Jesus as Lord. He's the way, the truth, and the life to the Father. And, but he's at the right hand. So when when the holy spirit jesus said i have to go i have to go i have to go so the holy spirit can come and be with you he says i've got to go so see he can't he's not physically able to be with each one of us through the day he's not physically able to be with us 
at night, each one of us, each one of us. Do you know how many people that would be? He'd have to multiply himself. He can't do that. But he says, I've got to go. I'm only one person here. I've got to go. So I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to help you do the same things I've been doing here. He's going to help us. He's the helper, right? He's going to help us. He's going to lead us and guide us into all truth. He's going to comfort us. He's going to show us things to come. He's going to prompt us, speak the gospel to that person, lay hands on the sick over here. He's going to prompt us to do what what we are are supposed to be doing in Jesus' place. Amen? That's what he's going to do. And you can't just have half a gospel, and that's what the church has. They have a half a gospel. They have Jesus, but have no power. Where's the power in the church? Where's the power? Where's the power? Are we seeing people raised from the dead? Are we seeing limbs put back on people's bodies? Are we seeing people healed and delivered and set free? Growing in the things of God? Are we seeing those things? So the book book of Acts is an example of being a witness for him. Each page you look at is always an example and a witness. And we're... I would really like to go through all of the chapters and and help us see the different places that he, uh, the different things and what we can glean from that and how he helps us and works with us. Amen. And so, um, uh, let's see, let's, I'm going to back up just a little bit. I want you to see this scripture verse in John 16 and 16, 7. And this is Jesus talking. It is in he's saying, but I tell you the truth. It is to your benefit, your advantage that I go away. It's to your benefit. It's to my benefit. It's to your benefit that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Okay? So Jesus is telling telling them, you know, I got to go. I'm sorry, folks, I got to go. It's important. He understood all that, but they didn't understand that. But he understood, I've got to go. It's important that I go, okay? So I want you to, let's look now at uh, John 10. John 10. And this, I'm going to, I want you to see the importance of, of, um, John, in, in him saying in John 10, 30, it's John 10, 30. I and the Father are one. So we're seeing that Jesus and the Father are one. And, and also he's making it clear in verse 38. But if I do them, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father and you are in him. Okay, I added that last part. You are in in him. So let's look at John um, 16 now. John 16. I'll try and slow down a little bit. I think I'm going too fast. This is just a little bit of background. I want you to see that the Godhead in all of its fullness is resident within you. In you. And and there's no need for you to um, flounder. Amen. John 16, John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace, but in the world you have tribulation. But take courage, I have overcome the world. And, and 13 then says, um, I'm sorry, I went too far here. 
13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. So the Holy Spirit is going to speak whatever he hears from the Father. He's going to speak whatever he hears from the Father. And um, then also, uh, 16, verse 16, in um, John 14, back up just one page. This is some more things that the Holy Spirit, he sees going to speak only what he hears the Father say. That's what he's going to tell you. So it's just like Jesus standing right next to you, and you ask a question, and so the Holy Spirit's going to answer. He's going to tell you just what Jesus told you, would tell you if he was standing right there by you. Okay, we are on, we are on the, <laughs> in Jesus' name, we're moving quickly here. We're moving, we're moving. Excuse me, I'm just going to, I need to pray for a second. If you don't mind praying the Spirit with me. You know, Jesus knew that it was important that the Holy Spirit come because he needed to continue the progress that he has made. Okay? He needed to have a fire on the inside in the Holy Spirit, on the inside of every person that accepted Jesus as Lord so that they could be a witness to every pe- everybody they came in contact with. So the person of the Holy Spirit is so important. He not only empowers you, but he calls you to be bold. He strengthens you in the things of God. He shows you things to come. He helps you. He just is right there. He is your helper to lead you and guide you into all truth. So Jesus knew that because he knew he was going, and he didn't quite understand what was going on. But he says, I'm, I'm, I've got to go, but I'm going to send the helper, the Holy Spirit, to be with you, to continue the work in you that I have started. Amen? And so he is still doing that work in the church today. Still doing that work. And so that's what the Acts, the book of Acts, we're going to see the work that the Holy Spirit did through, through the apostles and through the believers just like you and me. Okay? All right. So, Luke... Um, I just went through a few of the things that, let's just go back to 1416. And um, Jesus is saying, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. So the helper was going to be with them forever. Amen? Forever. He said that he would never leave you or forsake you. That's how that comes to pass because the helper is there. 
He's not going to leave you as an orphan. He's there to help you in every situation. I cannot stress that enough, that he's there to help you in every situation. I can remember days when the circumstances looked like a big, giant force all the way around me, and I couldn't see my way out. And so I would flounder a while trying to figure out, how can I get this to work in my mind? I would try to figure things out. And you all been there. I know you have because I've been there trying to figure them out. And you know what I learned? And I still probably have to put that to work today. What I learned was the quicker I can yield to the leadership of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, the quicker I can deal with the circumstance. Does that make sense? The quicker you yield to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the quicker you'll be able to deal with the circumstance. The trees won't look so big. The circumstance, is what I'm saying, won't look so awesome or overpowering because greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. So if you have the help of the Holy Spirit, you've got, you are the overcomer. You are the overcomer because greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. So because you have accepted Jesus as Lord and you moved into an in Christ position, you moved into an overcoming position. You are that overcomer. So now you have the help of the Holy Spirit that, that gets you over, over in each situation. Because God in all this fullness, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are resident within each one of you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Godhead in his fullness is in you. So you have no excuse when you sin. You have no excuse. You have none whatsoever. Does that make sense? Because if God, if the Godhead in its fullness is in you, you have no excuse for sin. None. Now that's kind of a straight thing, but there you go. <laughs> I'm going to put it down and stand on it because it's the truth. It's the truth. There's no room for sin. No room for sin. Why would you want to? Why would you want to sin and cause the Holy Spirit to be grieved on the inside of you. If you've sinned, you know what that's like when he starts being grieved. You know what that's like. You know what that's like if he's told you to be obedient and go preach the gospel here and you go this way. You know what that's like. I hope you do. It becomes a great big bother on the inside. A great big bother on the inside if you're disobeying God. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to stop loving you. What he's going to do is going to go, ah, 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 turn around, go this way. Come on, come on, come on, come on. He's going to work with you and get you where he needs you to be. But you're going to have to repent. You know, the word repentance means to stop going this way and go this way. That's what repent means. Repent doesn't mean do it again in five minutes. Do the sin again in five minutes. That's not what repent means. It doesn't mean go and tell somebody you're sorry and then you turn around and do it to them again. That's not what that means. Repent means to turn around and go a different direction. Seeing God all the time. God all the time. This is, this is much better. Thank you for praying. God all the time. All the time he knows exactly where you're at. He knows if you're lying. He knows if you're sinning. He knows all about you. I mean, I can stand here and tell you not to sin. 
And you can go out the door. Yep, I'm done. I'm done doing that. I'm done doing that. And go out the door, and your mind's already thinking about the sin. <laughs> your mind's already thinking about the sin. Do you know what? You know what? That you're thinking about the sin. You've already done it in your mind. You still need to repent. If you're doing it in your mind, you need to repent. Well, how? What do you do with your mind? Well, you you get busy and pray in tongues. You get busy and read your word. You get busy and worship. Get your mind somewhere else on the focus. Set your mind, the Bible says, to set your mind on things above, not on the things of the the world. Set your mind on things above. You choose to do that. You choose to set your mind on things above. So how do you, I mean, we've gone over this before, but how do you deal? If you've sinned, what do you do? You repent, you go a different direction, and you do what it says in Philippians, to think on these things. Well, thinking on sin is not a good report, is it? Thinking on sin is not praiseworthy, is it? So you set your mind on things above. You think on the right things. You think on the right things. And praying in your prayer language is a real key to help you doing that. And reading your word is a real key. Worshiping, because when you worship, your mind is set on God, your Father. You're not looking around at everybody else worshiping. You're not wondering about, let's see, I got this and this to do this afternoon. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I I forgot to turn the crockpot on. Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, our, our minds should be set on him, not wondering. And that takes some practice to make your mind do that. That's the same way when you sit down to pray in tongues. You sit down to pray in the Spirit. It, it, it takes some time to make your flesh sit down and pray. It takes, it takes it. If you can sit down and pray for five minutes without being distracted or interrupted, that's really good. If you can do five minutes, then go for ten. If you can do ten, go for fifteen. But spend that time with him. Now, you can pray in tongues, driving the car and doing all kinds of things. But if you want to hear something from him, pray in tongues and then listen for what he's got to say. Because, see, you're talking to him and he's talking to you. Okay? All right. So we really went off track there, but it must have been needful needful for somebody. Anyway, so the helper is with us forever. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, abides with you and in you. Um, he will not leave you uh, as an orphan or forsake you. The com- comforter, helper, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener. He'll teach you all things. If you don't understand a scripture verse, the Holy Spirit will teach you what it is about it. And he'll also bring scripture verses to your remembrance. He'll bring them to your remembrance, but he'll also bring to your remembrance you have an appointment tomorrow afternoon. He helps you with everything, everything, you know? And so, um, and he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. You hear me say this a lot, but all truth is what the truth of the Bible says. Or he'll lead you and guide you into all truth about a relationship or about uh, anything that's going on in your life. You know, he is for you more than you are. He wants the best for you. He wants the answers for you. He wants you prospering in everything you put your hands to. He wants you healed, healthy, and whole. He wants you full of joy and peace and love. That's what he wants for you. 
Now, if you're moving in a direction that's not going to bring peace, or it's not going to bring joy, or it's not going to bring whatever understanding of the word, if if you're moving in a direction that way, he'll, he'll try to let you know. He'll let you know, stop doing that and go this way. Amen? Amen. Okay. Let's turn to Luke 24. Luke 24, please. And this is all uh, leading us to the point of of the first chapter in Acts. But Luke 24 and uh, 49, and again, he's talking. um, Okay, he's talking to the disciples about what's going to happen. And behold, I am sending you forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city, verse 49, until you are clothed with power from on high. So you are to tarry. He was to tarry in the city until he told him to tarry, to wait until um, you've been endowed or clothed with power on high. And so so there was 120 of them that were waiting for that power to come, and it, it came as the sound of a mighty rushing wind came like that. And um, then just a, a little bit on Terry. Terry means to sit down and wait. Sit down and wait. It doesn't mean get up and run around. So they were waiting in the upper, well, I don't know. I, I did some research on that. Upper room is kind of where they were uh, residing. But anyway, they were all together, 120 of them. And they had the same mindset. They all knew what they were there for. They all knew they were supposed to be praying and seeking the Lord and waiting for that power to come. Ten days, how many of you got up? How many of you would have, you don't raise your hands. How many of you would have got up and left after one day or one hour? But they were still there after ten days waiting. Waiting because Jesus had told them all about it before he left. And they trusted him. They had spent a lot of time with him, and they knew that his word was true. Okay, so they were there waiting for that to come. So to have a Terry means to have one, have a fixed one's abode. I'm set. I'm set. I'm going to Terry. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for that power. Okay, so so they were they were in the upper room. Let's go to Acts one now, please. Acts 1. And, and again, like I was talking to you, the whole book is about uh, them being a witness and demonstrating the power of God, demonstrating the, the, the message that they were uh, um, have been sent out to do. And you can see, don't turn there, but I'm going to, but you can see in Mark uh, 16. You don't need to turn there. Just wait a second. You can see in Mark 16 where Jesus told them to go, and this is 16:15. if you're writing down, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That's what he's telling them to do, and he's still, in, still telling the church to do that as well, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Okay, and then 16, he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. Verse 17, and these signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it shall not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That is everybody's job in here. Everybody. 
Everybody that has accepted Jesus as Lord, that is your job to preach the gospel, to cast out devils, to speak in new tongues, to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And, and then you're all automatically, if you believe the word of God, if you drink any deadly poison, it won't harm you. Amen. And so everybody in here has been commissioned to go do what he's, he's told the disciples. That's being, that's spoken to you guys as well. Everybody's been told to go. So you're ready to go. Okay. So then he told me, he says, I want you to wait and tarry for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And you see that Acts 1 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, Eldora, Gladbrook, Conrad, Marshalltown, Trayer. You're going to be witnesses there. Witnesses of the power that you were endowed with. Amen? Endued with or whatever. You're going to be witnesses. Melbourne. Patty's from Melbourne. Dysert. Well, yeah, you can go up there if you want to. Anywhere. Anywhere. We've been commissioned to go. Montour. We've been commissioned to go. Do those things, but we go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because, see, he will show you things to come. He'll prompt you on your, on your, in your inner man. He'll lead you to people. I pray all the time. I ask him to set up divine appointments for me to minister the truth of the gospel, to minister salvation and healing and wholeness to people. I ask him to do that all the time. And so I go. I always go expecting to do what God has told me to do. I always go. I always have a heart ready to share the gospel. Always have a heart ready to lay hands on the sick. I go doing that. We've been told to go do that. Amen? And the Holy Spirit, when he knows your heart and you're ready to go, he'll get you people. He'll get people lined up for you to to minister to. Amen? Okay. So let's look at Acts 1 8. I'm not gonna, we're not gonna go through, but I would encourage you to read that and, 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 um, just stay with me here. Um, basically, the first book, the Acts chapter 1, uh, is, is, we can glean from that the Holy Spirit is helping us learn to hear from our spirit and not out of our mind. Not out of our mind. See, the disciples were still thinking that Jesus was going to set up his kingdom and get the, um, well, let's just look at that. Verse 5, chapter 1, For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now, that's Jesus talking. And so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? See, they were thinking they'd hadn't, they hadn't heard what Jesus was really going to do. And they didn't know, actually. So Jesus went on the same verse 7. It is not for you to know times or epics, which the Father has fixed by his own authority. Verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part, remotest part of the earth. Witnesses, okay? And so after he spoke those things, he was lifted up and he, and he left. And so they were in their head thinking things through. They were thinking things through, but they needed to do what he said to do. So they went and they tarried. And then we'll look at chapter 2. So I'm, I'm thankful that they were obedient. They didn't have to do what he told them to do, but they were still obedient to do what he said. 
And so we can ask ourselves that question. Are we obedient to do what God tells us to do? Are we obedient? Are we obedient? <clears throat> Amen? I hope all the time. <laughs> okay, in chapter... Um, um, so it's not by it's not by our own power that we do what we do for the Lord. It's by His power. Amen. The boldness comes from the baptism of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> and you're going to see the difference here in in chapter two. We're looking at verse one. And when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and and there appeared to them <clears throat> tongues as a fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of their heads. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now, I'm not going to go into a lot of the detail. That's why I told you you should read these, these different books. The Holy Spirit causes us to speak the truth in boldness, and confidence. I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but when you're witnessing or sharing with somebody the truth of the gospel, can you tell on the inside all of a sudden there's things coming and you're speaking stuff out that you, I've never heard that before. Well, that's really good. <clears throat> or, you're, or you're being bold about what you're saying. You're saying it with, with such confidence that you know that you know that you know it's not you doing it. Have you experienced that before? Such boldness. Well, listen for that to happen because <clears throat> I'll tell you there, there is a difference. The Holy Spirit takes charge of your life when you've yielded over to him. Amen? Amen? When you've yielded over to him. And so, so <clears throat> he causes us to speak the truth in boldness and confidence. Verse 4, they began to speak with other tongues, different than their own tongue. And let's jump down to 14 then. <clears throat> Excuse me. But Peter taking, see, they were being made fun of. If you look at 13, that's why I tell you you need to read through the whole thing. But they were making being made fun of. They were mocking and saying they're full of sweet wine. But verse 14 but Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to men, declared to them, men of Judea and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken. And so then he went through and he started preaching to them. He was being bold enough that he was preaching the truth of the gospel to them. He wasn't going to yield to the mocking and get them to sh and shut himself up. He wasn't going to yield to that because the Holy Spirit had the floor and the Holy Spirit was being bold to speak the truth in confidence and boldness. Amen. Okay. And so then, um, okay, let's look over here at verse uh, 37, please. Now, when they heard this, when they heard the, the gospel preached to them, when they heard the truth, what happened? They, they were pierced to their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? And Peter told them, Repent 
Let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Everybody understands, if they've been around me enough, it's a twofold process. You accept Jesus as Lord, and then you accept the person of the Holy Spirit. You don't get the Holy Spirit. You, he helps you. He's there working with you when you accept Jesus as Lord, but you need to receive the person of the Holy Spirit. It's like a, it's like a, a coin. One side is Jesus, the other side is the Holy Spirit. You don't get everything when you get born again. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power that comes with that. So for the, for verse 39, for the promises for you and for your children and for all those who are far off. So I'm certainly glad he included me in that. That promise was for me. Verse 40, and with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. So he was exhorting them in verse 41. So then those who had received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Do you know because Peter was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he rose up in boldness and power, preached the gospel, and 3,000 people, people came to know Jesus. And we're baptized in the Holy Spirit to boot. Amen? And so, so see, this is an example. This is The church needs to look at Acts because that's exactly how things are going to happen here. And if you keep looking, going on, and you see that the church was adding, they were being added to daily because they were spending time praying. I don't know if I can put my finger on that one. Um, okay, yeah. Um, well, 42, and they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles, teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. So they were in one accord and they were devoting themselves. But see what happened. Many signs and wonders were being done. Many signs and wonders. You know, they were in one accord. One accord. Everybody had the same mindset about why they were there and what they were doing there. They didn't have a mindset, okay, I'm going to go have fun this afternoon. They were there to serve God and have a, and spend time praying. They, it was more important to them. It's more important to them to see people saved and born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit than it was to go fulfill their own lusty desires. And when I say lusty desires, I'm not talking about sex. We all got lots, lots of lusty desires and we need to put our foot on the neck of them. I'm, I'm talking about desires that take and want to uh, supersede what God is calling you to do. Those kinds of desires. If we're ever going to see revival, if we're ever going to see the church explode, the church has to get to this place where serving God is more important than my own flesh and doing what I want to do that day. Am I right? That means it's a... That's a price you have to pay. That's a price you have to pay. Sometimes it comes all at once, but I mean, I can look over the years and see little by little, this thing left, <laughs> this thing left. Oh, I don't think I want to do that much anymore. I used to be a shopper. I used to be a shopper. I love to shop. I very rarely get that way. Go there, go do that anymore. It's it just the things just drop off because I am so focused on what Jesus wants me doing and why I'm here than what my flesh wants to live for. <laughs> my flesh needs to be crucified. Every time I spend time praying in tongues, I crucify the flesh. I give ascendancy to the spirit man on the inside of me, my inner man, 
When I yield to praying in tongues, I build him up. See, I build him up. Hey, if you've ever gone to lift weights or exercise or whatever you've done, you know, you lift weights and you're doing this and you're building up your muscles and, and it's looking pretty good, you know. It's looking pretty good. You're building yourself up, right? Looking pretty good. Is that going to help your holy? Is that going to help your inner man any? No, it's not going to help. You need to build yourself up. So praying in tongues, and I'm I'm focused on praying in tongues, as you can see. But reading the word, and you'll see that they did that. If you look on down the next few verses, they fellowship. They they listen to the teachings. They were praying as they're praying in tongues. As you pray in tongues, it's building your inner man up. It's making it look like a muscle man so that you can stand against the schemes and tactics of the enemy. It's making it look like a muscle man. He's going to be quick to be able to tell you that was a lie that person said. Don't believe it. He's going to be quick to tell you your, your husband's thinking about going over here and doing this. Pray and break the power of that off of him. That's what the Holy Spirit's here to do. He wants to help you stay on the path. See, he's ordered your steps. He wants you to stay on that path in Jesus' name. He wants you to stay on that path. So he has sent the Holy Spirit to help you stay on that path. So praying in tongues, praying in tongues. See, they were praying. They were giving themselves to prayer. 47 says they were praising God and they had favor with the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day by day, those who were being saved. Eventually, I think it's in the next chapter. You see that by then there's 5,000 people have been saved, adding to their number daily. But see, there were people that were coming a few chapters out. There were people that were coming that didn't have anything. They had nothing. So that's why you see where they were selling, different people were selling stuff or giving or whatever they were doing. God's not asking you to sell all your land. If he prompts you to do that, then you need to do that. You know, you need to do that. But God, God, I'm just letting you know, there's going to be people coming that have needs. They have needs. People, people are going to have needs. And they're not going to look beautiful <laughs> on the outside but God wants to clean them up on the inside so he can give them their holy give them the holy spirit and they can walk in power like you and I are doing right we're walking in power aren't we <laughs> amen amen walking in power so so uh because of because of Peter's boldness all those souls were saved because he was bold to preach the gospel. He had spent time. And then and they were devoting themselves to the teaching. Let's look at Jude, please. Jude. It's the last book before Revelation. Just to help you know. I checked it out myself. No. <laughs> Jude. So they were they were praying in prayer. So devoting themselves to teaching and prayer that we see in verse 42. And Jude 20, Jude 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, building yourselves up, building yourselves up, building up that edifice, you know, like you do when you go lift weights, you build up your muscles, building up, building that spirit man up so that you're not tripped over 
tripped up by the junk that the devil wants to throw at you. You know, when you build yourself up, you know there's little buttons that... There's demonic influences. Their only design is to watch you. That's their only design is to watch you and write down what they learn about you. (laughs) They know what buttons to push. They know... And so they pass that information off. And so the demonic influences know what buttons to push in your life to get you to trip up. But praying in the Spirit is going to plug up those areas so the enemy, you're going to change. Praying in your prayer language, worshiping, reading the Word, you're going to change in those areas. And next time the enemy tries to push, he's going to go, that's supposed to work. That's supposed to work, and it didn't work. It's not going to trip you up. If you notice, he does the same thing over and over and over. He uses the same thoughts to torment you. He uses the same schemes and tactics over and over and over. In your marriage and in your life and your your friendships, he uses the same tactics over and over and over. But building yourself up in the Holy Spirit is going to get that stopped. It's going to get that stopped. Now, maybe you enjoy being tormented over and over and over. Maybe you enjoy being lied to over and over. Maybe you enjoy some of those things. I would hope not. I would hope you don't. I would hope you'd want to get that that plug so the devil can't prick you every time and get you to fall in the hole. Right? So what you're doing, you're building yourself up. You're building yourself up. And you're, you're given ascendancy to your spirit man on the inside. And I, I, I just, I'm going to show you this little demonstration. I want you to see the importance of building yourself up. <laughs> Don't see that. <laughs> see, okay? So you're praying in the spirit, you're praying in the spirit, you're praying in the spirit. Look at that power come out. Look at that God's ability to come out. Because you are praying in the Spirit, you're praying in the Spirit, and that power is going to overflow, and it's going to reach, and it's actually going to call people to you. It's going to bring people in. But if you don't, if you don't pray in the Spirit, you don't pray in the Spirit, you're going to fall flat in your face. But praying in the Spirit gives you the power to walk out every circumstance in your life. I don't know how many times I said pray in the Spirit today, but probably it was not enough. Probably ten times more. Because I know what that's like to get your flesh to sit down and do that. Sit down and do that. To sit down and do that. Because you know, when, when you emptied yourself out, when you preached the gospel, when you laid hands on the sick, when you shared the truth, when you've done things that God's asked you to do, there's a place where you have to yield to the leadership of the Holy Spirit and build yourself up. Build yourself up. So you're not walking on empty. Amen? Amen. Preaching to myself now. Amen? Really? Really, that's important that we keep ourselves built up in our most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Okay, so we just, <laughs> we kind of did the same two last week. I promise, I'll just go on. I'll go on next week from, from three. But you can look, if you, you can look at this if you want to. You can see, you can see the boldness that came upon the church because they spent time praying. You'll, you'll find that they, 
they preached the gospel and then they were together in one accord. They were praying. They preached the gospel and they were praying. Or they'd lay hands on the, the, the guy that was at Gate Beautiful. They laid hands on him. They had nothing. Peter and John had nothing to give that, that guy. He was begging for alms. They had nothing. But they had the Holy Ghost. So they prayed for him and he rose up and walked. See? Yeah, uh, that's right, Craig. He says, I'm going to give you what I got. And he had a lot, didn't he? That caused, caused that guy to be healed, totally healed and whole. I think the, the word says he, he, he was uh, wholeness came upon him. Wholeness. He was totally. He had been that way from birth. Forty years he'd been not able to walk for 40 years. See, so that should give you encouragement. Doesn't make any difference if you're believing God for something to get gone out of your life. <laughs> it, it has to go because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And so don't get discouraged. If you've been praying, maybe you've been praying about a situation, you've been praying, and you've been praying, you know, it's like I told Big Big One last week, then pray some more. Pray some more. Because it is, it is making a difference. You may not be able to see it, but it is making a difference in your life. Pretty soon you're going to handle a situation differently than you have before. It's the Holy Spirit. He's eking into all those little cracks and crevices that you had your flesh working out of. Well, that was good. You know what I mean? The Holy Spirit's moving in there and occupying all those empty places that the enemy has used. So God's good. Amen? And I'm... I, if, if um, you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you would like to have your prayer language, I'd be glad to pray with you after church to receive your prayer language. Um, amen. The, 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 the Holy Spirit, when you receive the person of the Holy Spirit, you, um, it's, it's the same way as receiving Jesus. It's a gift. It's a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. And you accept him the way you accepted Jesus. And so then what he does, he comes and lives inside. And he's going to give you an unction, a prompting, a prompting and an unction. And those will be words that don't make sense to you at all. But that's your, that's your heavenly language to communicate between you and God your Father. That's your own personal prayer language. And you can pray it any time you want to. Any time. Any time you can yield to that prayer language. And that's the prayer language that God will, uh, that you will speak out and, and he'll be able to talk to you and you'll talk to him and he'll talk to you and you talk to him. Amen? So you, you have to. He'll give you those words that won't make sense at all. Won't make sense at all. But you have to open your mouth and you give him voice. You have to give him voice. Okay? So he's so good. He's equipped us with everything we need. And that's the Holy Spirit. Amen? Yep. Because out of that flows rivers of living water. Out of your belly flows rivers of living water. It's more than one river. So, so um, anyway, um, 
Father, we just want to thank you for this day, that this is the day you have made. We thank you, Father, that your word does not return void, but it accomplishes there and to where it's been sent. We thank you, Father, that your word is like a hammer, and it breaks that religious spirit off the mind and the emotions in Jesus' name, causing them to see the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon them and the ability that they have. Greater is he that's in them and he that's in this world. That greater ability on the inside of them causes them to be the overcomer in every situation, every situation without, without any uh, question, Father, every situation. I call each one of these people up and over an overcomer in every situation that they're dealing with right now. I thank you, Father, that your supernatural ability, supernatural ability goes forth right now to cause the situations they're dealing with to dissolve and to be of nothing, of no effect, nothing, 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 Father. I don't care if it looked like it was impossible. With you, all things are possible. You said, Father, in your word, with you, all things are possible. So, Father, we are with you, and you have caused us to overcome because you have overcome. So we thank you, Father, right now in Jesus' name, the situations that we face, and when we leave here, we have already overcome, and they have dissipated into nothing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen.